terrified readers, welcome to the apartment library. Why are you laughing at me? <laughs> this is the way you turn your face towards me all of a sudden. <laughs> We're recording. We're on. We're going to talk about books. Are you ready? I'm ready. Fucking better be. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Down to business. Down to business at the apartment library. So here we read books. Because they're good, not because they're popular, or so we hope. Yes, sir. And this week we read a very, very popular book. Oh, yeah, bestseller, baby. And that means something, apparently. Because <laughs> apparently every book is a New York Times bestseller. Yeah, it's not even impressive to say that anymore on the cover. No, like, it's a joke. Every right. book, pretty much, yeah, at one point, is probably a New York Times. Like, picture books are like bestsellers now yeah. well they are but they're new york Times bestsellers <gasps> so this week we read where the crawdads sing by delia owens yes sir published in 2018 so recent book in literary circles this book has made so much goddamn noise it was crazy i heard about it in uh book review podcasts of which i listened mm-hmm. a ton and it didn't sound like something uh, terribly unique, or it didn't even stick in my mind as much until I started looking into it, right? Yeah. Very popular. It's made a lot of noise. I thought, like, for, uh, I think at some point we recorded something, and I said, like, I think this won the Pulitzer or whatever. It's actually just, like, the Reese Witherspoon, like, <laughs> reading list or some shit. <laughs> Not exactly. <laughs> Not exactly the Pulitzer. <laughs> But I remember it had a round sticker on the cover, so I figured that must be the Pulitzer. That's the oh, only yeah. is the only people that uh yeah. Is the Pulitzer and Reese Witherspoon for yes. some reason. But we both really liked it. It was great. It had twists and turns and a couple of hiccups, I would mm-hmm. say. It's not a perfect book. No. I gave it five stars on Goodreads because I think Goodreads is stupid. <laughs> I think that they definitely should do a out of 10 rating. Because every time that I read a book, I'm like, this was really good. It was fantastic. I loved it. But yeah, there was that one thing or two, three things that, eh, whatever. It's not a four star, but it's not a five star. Exactly. You want to put 4.5. A four star is 80%. Yeah. Like, this is not an 80% book. This was like a 95% yeah. book. To me. Yeah. I really, like, enjoyed most of it. You found it a little sappy. At, at times. Like, I, I I did really enjoy it, and I was eager to keep reading, and it was a page-turner for me. But, uh, yeah, here and there is a, a bit, you know, cheesy sentence here and there kind of thing, but that's just personal taste, I think. I can't really tell if, like, while I was reading it, or before you told me, because you told me, what it was that you found cheesy about it. And from that point on, every time I found one of those like comparisons to animals yeah. that she makes, she compares the characters to animals or their behavior or that that doesn't, that's, that's not really bad. Like she compares, compares them to animals, but there are like, like analogies. Yeah. Or, they're, or... They're, they're like lines traced, right? Yeah. Like they're allusions made to the similarities between the behavior of the characters and what happens to Kaya and yeah. what she sees in the marsh, right? The animals yeah. and the things they do. 
and they didn't bother me. Like every time that I read, I was like, oh yeah, you know, like there was like the one with the with the mantis shrimp, where like the 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 male mantis is like humping the female, and the female like turns her head around and starts literally eating the male ass. He's humping her, Whoa. and she like makes a snack out of him. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that's that's a little that's a little intense as a, as a comparison, yeah. but yeah, like I can see why you yeah. would make that. But I I didn't find them cheesy. That's the kind of thing. Or like, I don't mind reading this type of book at all. I didn't find it cheesy, even though I could tell exactly where you were finding those moments cheesy. Mm-hmm. It it didn't detract from the book at all. Like I I still really liked it. But, um, yeah, there were some moments, especially, like, the mating behavior of certain animals and how she compare the love interest in the book as doing, like, a mating ritual or something. Or, you know, like, like birds puff up their feathers and they have nice colors. And when a, I think one of the chase, when he drove up in this big boat, she kind of... Yeah, big shiny things yeah, to, like, she, she attract the, the females and stuff. Yeah. yeah, I think that the main one was very clearly the fact that like the real male the strong male attracts the female with his strength and his ability and his secondary sexual um uh, characteristics characteristics right like the horns and a and a goat or whatever the fuck yeah um, and then the the lesser males they have to fake it Mm-hmm. Fake it till you make it, baby. Yeah. So they have to like. Well, there's a bunch of descriptions, but like the fact is that like she's comparing essentially Chase the douche <laughs> to these lesser males because he needs to flash his shiny boat, his yeah. big muscles, and like his crappy harmonica pseudo skills. <laughs> yeah. Tate is like the real strong male yeah. who's like kind and loving and smart and all the things. And he has no faults mm-hmm. except that one thing he does. Yeah. The fucking dick. So before we go any further, do you think, should we give like a really brief, not summary, but just what this book is about in case someone listening hasn't? I think this book is about love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a bunch of cliches, I guess. Yeah. Like the story is. I thought it was kind of unique, yeah. despite the cliches, but I, I I never pay much attention to when people say that. I read a couple of reviews. I, I try not to read reviews, but like I, I just kind of like uh, skim what Goodreads shows you. Yeah. And yeah, like a couple of things that like popped up with it, like, yeah, this, this book is just a collection of cliches or whatever. That didn't really... I didn't feel that. It didn't... Well, I can see where and when, but like... <sighs> There's so much media, there's so much entertainment, there's so much content out there that, like, being cliche, it's almost just existing at this point. Yeah, it's hard to be truly... Nothing is unique anymore. And that's fine, you know? Like, there, I mean, obviously, as a whole, I think this book was unique. I am not tremendously well-versed in books of this flavor, per se. Um... Definitely has like somewhat of a demographic, yeah, like a target market. However, I enjoyed reading it. I thought it was perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. I I loved the main character. I really felt for her, and I thought it yeah. was horrible of what the author was like putting her through. So, do you, do you want to talk about that? Just a really brief overview of what the book is about. Okay, sure. Like 
Kaya is essentially abandoned by her entire family. Very quickly, in like 10 pages, everybody leaves. The most impactful being her mom and her brother Jody, right? Then she's left alone. In the biggest dick move her family could have ever pulled, they all leave her alone with her dad, who is a drunk, abusive asshole. Yeah. Good for nothing. Yeah. And then Kaya is essentially left to fend for herself. Yeah. So basically, like, the book kind of spans through time. It starts in 1952 in North Carolina in, like, the swamp marsh area. And, yeah, it follows this girl, Kaya, who's abandoned by her family. And she essentially lives in their shack alone this whole time. She doesn't go to school or anything. And it's kind of a murder mystery, love story type of thing. Yeah. The one side of the story is... Kaya's journey from when she's six years old and she becomes the Marsh girl. She goes to school one day. The kids make fun of her. She never returns and avoids everybody. She's really good at hiding and people can't catch this kid. Mm -hmm. Like the social services people can't get a hold of this kid. And she lives quite a ways from town. Mm -hmm. Barkley Cove? Yeah. So what did you like about the book? Well, I, I, I don't know, like, following this kid was awesome in many ways, right? Like, the love story is, sure, I guess cheesy or whatnot, but, like, it was, it was cute. It was really nice and, and, and loving as a character. You could tell that the author loved her character, no, no matter how much hardship she put her through. Yeah. Reading when she finally meets Tate, and starts developing a relationship with her, uh, with him, sorry. And he teaches her how to read. I thought that was really sweet. Like, every moment I was just, like, rooting for her. And I really wanted her to, like, survive more than anything. Because, you know, she's living in this, like, horrible conditions. And she becomes really good at it, right? Like, mm-hmm. and she, she starts fending for herself at, like, age seven or something. She starts, you know, pretty much feeding herself. She's, like, collecting muscles and... learning about the marsh and she just learns in the most dedicated and effective way that you could by living in it and being in it and i thought that even though like i guess a little purple as a story i really enjoyed that i thought it was really cute yeah i liked like my favorite part of the book was it's the setting honestly i i never i guess knew that environment existed in north carolina and not that i know much about the geography of north carolina but this whole swamp area and her life just seemed uh, all the hardships aside it seems so quaint you know just just waking up in the morning and going down to the little private beach and boating around and collecting specimens and being with all the cute animals it just seemed like such a peaceful existence and it, it really felt I had like this vivid image in my mind of what the scene looked like. Same. I I thought that uh, she did that really well. I thought Mm -hmm. that I had no problems picturing it. Yeah. Even though I've read a number of books where like the author goes at length to describe the scenery, to describe the environment. And still, like, I, I didn't feel like it was that heavy in this novel. But still, yeah, like it was well described enough. And I think, like, the map was really useful in trying to, like, make sense of at least, like, the, the, the geography of it. 
But yeah, it was beautiful. If it weren't for the hardships that like Kaya has to go through and everything that she has to deal with, because the book, if you if you were to like uh, make a thesis out of it and try to like explain in a couple of sentences what you thought this book was about, what is the message of the book to get a little like English professor esque? Yeah, was that like people need people right mm -hmm. and beautiful as it is lovely as it is to like live this uh kind of reclusive life she is constantly heartbreak heartbroken yeah she's the most unlucky person ever yeah like, that that was uh, i uh i thought it was a little too much a little much like almost everyone in her life just abandons her yeah so like her mom leaves because like the dad is a piece of shit and beats her and one day it's just too much the mom has a nervous breakdown as you learn towards the end of the book mm -hmm. that it was a real because like from the very few pages it just looks like the mom was like okay i'm out bye yeah she just and, left without saying goodbye and it's almost like she just gave up and i'm out Yeah. But, yeah. But in reality, she was traumatized to the extreme, right? Because like her abusive husband was tremendously violent towards her, and she leaves, and the siblings leave one by one very quickly. And they leave this six-year-old with the dad. Yeah, I guess everybody there is sort of fending for themselves mm -hmm. after the mom leaves because the dad is not a parent, and for a minute. After everyone's gone and Kaya essentially has to like figure out how to feed herself, she puts some food together and gets some turnips from the garden that her mom had and some old grits and kind of like puts together meals. And the dad is sort of surprised by that. And between his uh, drunken stupors here and there, like he kind of like shows her some kindness for a little bit. And takes her out fishing, and that's in a way that was kind of like a plot device to like show her like the boat and how to use the boat and like how to like get around the marsh area because the place is like a labyrinth, right? Mm -hmm. Like the waterways, the channels to get to her lagoon where her house is, is it's like a maze, right? So she gets lost. That's when she sees Tate for the first time. Like yeah. the place is like really difficult to get around. So that was in a bit kind of like a plot device because after that, like the dad leaves. Yeah. himself he is just he just disappears he was like she mentions later that like he got he went back to his like heavy drinking ways and that was that mm -hmm. but like he was essentially like the plot device to like to show her or I, i shouldn't say that the dad was like the plot device but like the dad staying and being the last one to leave was used essentially as a plot device to like show kaya around and give her the boat and show her jumping Jumping. Yeah, exactly. And after that, he leaves. And then Kaya's truly left alone for years. She has to figure out, and she's a kid, she's a child. You yeah, know? what is she like 10 when he leaves, when the dad leaves? I Around think? there, yes. So, yeah, a 10 year old just living in a shack in a marsh by themselves with no money. Mm -hmm. And she meets Tate, and slowly that relationship forms. Blossoms. Yeah, steamy oh, oh, love affair. Oh, and I, I love Christ. how it's, she's apparently this. Like, I get that it's a book, and you know, you have to have. Like, the romance was cute. Like, their relationship was cute, but she's this person who like lives in a shack, probably never really showers or bathes. Like, she goes swimming and stuff, but 
and she has these like two hunky guys from town that are into her and is like no i never thought about it in those ways like i I thought that she was like even though she may not have been common or like she may not have been uh typical yeah she took care of herself and she kind of i mean this is a fictional character we're talking about so like it was never really mentioned but like it, it was mentioned once that she she like bought soap and necessities with like the little money she had mm-hmm. and once jumping and mabel figure out that she needs these or that she needs something that she needs people that she's literally living out there alone and she's a child yeah. they put some stuff together and then like eventually when she gets her period mabel helps her out and like nobody's taught her anything nobody's told her anything she's going through this like ordeal alone and yeah she has to like face all these things alone i uh, i didn't mind some of the more like unrealistic aspects of it all in reality this kid would have died <laughs> or something bad you know, some evil people would have come to the shack and did who knows what or i don't know it yeah the, the, that could have been yeah like, that would have like, that would have been like a realistic thing that might have happened yeah i mean it, it's really nice that she was able to take care of herself and then learn how to live well like i said she was so, really good at hiding right she yeah. was like extremely good at like fleeing it only happens a couple of times throughout the entire story throughout her life that she is essentially cornered mm-hmm. and caught right yeah. because she's fantastic at uh disappearing into the marsh yeah right? but just finding enough food to eat like at age 10 yeah i guess she had a bit of cash and she started selling muscles muscles to jump yeah that that part of the story is what i enjoyed the most i think or like i'd say the first half of the book i thought it, it had like a beautiful quality to it i thought it was enchanting in many ways mm-hmm. the coming of age aspect of the book is what i enjoyed the most the murder mystery that jumps back and forth in time and essentially becomes the climax and the end of the book with a court case and all that uh was good and i wanted to like keep reading the entire time this was definitely a page turner but that's where i felt the book had its weakest points not to say it is a weak book you gave it five stars on goodreads exactly it it, it was a it was a fantastic book but like it did have some weak spot and i'd say the weakest one comes as a revelation of the very oh my gosh i couldn't believe that's how that how the author wanted it to to end so like if you haven't read the book this is definitely a spoiler because it's literally like revealed at the very end Mm -hmm. so i yeah i didn't like that uh too much i can kind of see why the author did it it's very much a plot twist and for shock value yeah but like it felt very very out of character completely because she's this supposed to be this gentle creature who's connected with nature honest yeah who just wants to be left alone and she wants to live her peaceful life and whatever and it turns out after and the other thing was like during the court case the very believable characters that were the defense attorney and the prosecution or the the prosecutor they make the their case like in a or I should say the author, wrote the case that these different lawyers make in very believable ways, in which that, like, what I mean by that is that the the prosecutor was 
just grasping at straws, trying to make this like, yeah. yeah, but like, but really like trying to like make a story out of nonsense. And like, how could this woman who was obviously out of town in a, in, in a city that's like a day and a half away from here would have gone there and come back and met with this other dude over there, his, um, publisher, because, you know, but the, by this point she's become, a, a naturalist, an author, and a zoologist, essentially. And she could have done all that, like, wore disguises and come back to town and gone back to the other city and then come back all within two days or three days. So, yeah, this ingenious plot of this very premeditated yeah. thing. To kill this guy in, like, the most cumbersome way possible. Yeah. Like, uh... It just seems... Why do you want to tarnish her image with that as the ending? And yeah, she's well, essentially a murderer yeah. by the end of the book. Exactly. I mean, there's right. a reason behind it. Well, yeah, she, like, she didn't like, just kill for pleasure. Yeah, Chase tried to rape her and like hit her and hunted her essentially when she didn't want to be with her. He manipulated her and he's like He's this, a dangerous person. Yeah, he's a scum of the earth and like he deserves to be imprisoned, but like she, she it was a, to murder. It was yeah, it was unrealistic, I think, and like it the way the entire way it was presented was kind of like it felt kind of like a cheap shot as a, as an author to use that as a plot twist and at the end and be like it's like the it was a bit insulting. It was kind of like the it was all a dream at the mm. end. Like, come on, really? It wasn't. It would have been so much better if it was explained in another way, or if it just remained a mystery. Because in real life, there's tons of unsolved mysterious suspicious deaths so they could have just let it be this kind of town legend that was never solved and then the reader could kind of i guess make their own assumptions but yeah to end it where it's revealed after she's she died at like age 64 when she was in a boat in the middle of a pond or something it was funny that like the author said that and she was like after living like a full life and she was accomplished and she was happy and it was like 64 it's fucking young and, I mean, okay, yes, accomplished life after she murdered someone. I mean, okay, I guess you could say it was for good reason, but still, isn't that... It's just, it, it, like you said, it seemed really out of character for her. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, like, I don't know the, the, the reasoning behind it. Like, I guess uh, she never, really she never like... would have felt safe with that guy just roaming around always after her. Yeah. But, I mean, you can go to the police. I guess it's hard, you know, to... Con- to to go tell the police that this chase and well, like, even, guy even, even to go to the police. But period. yeah, and he's well known, he's loved, and everyone loves him, and she doesn't want anything to do with. Yeah, well, when she told Jumpin, that's exactly what he said. Yeah. Or what what she told Jumpin is like you can't tell anybody because like a they won't believe me, b they're gonna come after me. Yeah, so I, I get that she felt that that was her only option, maybe. Yeah. But yeah. So that was like, I would say that was like, it was shitty because it was so close to the end, right? And I think, I still think that like it ended, it ended strong, but it didn't have that like charm and engulfing type of quality and emotion that I feel when I read books like that, that I'm like approaching the end and it's kind of like a buzzing in my ears that I just like, I can't believe the story has been so good. And I'm like getting to the end and like reading those last paragraphs and that last page, it's like boom man you know it, like it, it it's like waves crashing and you're like into it right this one kind of like it didn't fall flat it didn't end poorly but that was kind of like a whoa you know it was definitely a 
plot twist that she jammed in there, it felt so out of character that it if it was jarring. Yeah, right? it didn't it didn't ruin the book by any means, but it it just kind of left me questioning like what at the end of the book when I finished because it's revealed I think literally on the last page or something. Yeah, the last few pages. Yeah, and I just remember being like, what? Yeah, like leading up to that, especially after she's acquitted, I was expecting it to be either Tate. Yes. Or. And and a, a couple of times when like he he really feels like shit and he's like really trying to like uh, go see her in jail uh, and try to like get in in contact with her or just like the the, the behavior that he had like it kind of like answered that question that I had I was like it's probably he did it because you know like he maybe figured it out or something you know like whatever point being that like I thought it was either him or Pearl oh uh, the girl yeah the guy that he, like, that he marries yeah. yeah. Because like he was married to her a while back and whatever, and like in the very beginning of the book, when the the kids discover the body and the sheriff and the deputy, they go out and they start the investigation. Essentially, they start questioning like, okay, why is this dude here? How did he die? Who would have done this? Whatever. And they say that like, yeah, this guy's like running around on his wife, you know, like mm-hmm. he he's he's the type of guy to like bring uh, all kinds of girls up here, even if he's married now. Like, he's been doing it, like, whatever. He's just, like, a mm-hmm. douchebag like that. So I, I thought that it would have been that. I also thought it, it might have been wrapped with the mom having something to do. Because she's, like, Chase's mom. She's presented as, like, a very shallow, very uh, clutches pearls type of lady. Yeah. But, yeah, the fact that it was indeed Kaya. It was her. And it was weird because the whole... During the whole trial and her being accused of murder, it was kind of presented as, look at all the prejudice against this woman. Like, she's just trying to live her life, and and they pin this crime on her. Which was true. Because, yeah, because she's the Marsh girl, and she's this dirty person. And so you you kind of felt bad for her. Whoa, look what she's going through. Like, all those things were true, right? Yeah, it turns out that they had the right person, but I guess there wasn't enough evidence, obviously. Yeah, like I was saying earlier... uh, the case that the defense attorney was making, and I like that character. For some reason, I pictured Richard Dawkins as <laughs> the character. I do that all the time. I put like people that exist in real life or that I've seen, even like for a second. Yeah. You know, like somebody that I might see on TV or somebody that I might be acquainted with or whatever. Mm-hmm. That not so much actually. Like I I don't really put like people that I know from real life. But like slowly but surely, Tom, the defense attorney, slightly. Started looking like Richard Dawkins and sounding like Richard Dawkins, and eventually he is Richard Dawkins, defending <laughs> Kaya, right? Funny how that goes. Yeah. But he was making a case for how ridiculous the case of the prosecution was. Yeah, and it and did I, sound ridiculous. Exactly, because like you, as a as the reader, you know it. Like the 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 narrator is a third person omniscient, so they know everything. They they go into into people's heads and it mentions what they were feeling and thinking as they were experiencing it. So you know it all. You know everything up until this point. And you know that it was ridiculous. And that like Kaya was like incapable of doing this. So that's what like it, it made it feel all the more out of character at the end, that it just kind of didn't make sense. For a second, I was sort of like, wait, is this a double bait and switch mm-hmm. where it's going to be like, you know, Tate is going to like look at the camera and be like, actually, it was me the whole time, <laughs> <laughs> sort of thing. Yeah, because it's not, it doesn't like come out and 
say that she did it, but it's very heavily implied. Like there could be no other really explanation because he finds a shell that was on a necklace that Chase wore. Well, he, he finds the necklace. Oh, true. He finds the whole necklace and then he burns the... He burns everything. Like he, but then, he, you know, he keeps the shell and he puts it like on the beach. Oh yeah, yeah. All the other shells. Oh yeah, like, I mean, yeah, like he burns like all the the poems that she wrote because oh, yeah. she was the. And that was I find that a bit weird too. The whole poem thing. I don't know how you felt about that. Yeah, I feel like that might have been a bit of a, um, not a fault perhaps, but like a weakness or that that sounds even worse. Uh, like an, an overindulgence of the author to create a character that is even better yes. than it was like later on, right? Not only is right? she super capable, she lives on her own, she's so smart, she knows the marsh. Against all odds. Yeah, she's an expert on all of the wildlife. But not only that, she writes these amazing poems that have been published yeah. in... Or <laughs> I was like, every poem that I read in the book, I was like, that's cute, okay, moving yeah, well, on. I'm not, I, I, yeah, we're not poetry I don't poetry know much about people. poetry, so... Yeah. But, and, and, yeah, so she's this, like, this girl who barely knew how to read at first she didn't know how to read or write and then she was taught and all of a sudden she becomes this amazing biologist and this really good poet this quote-unquote good poet (laughs) but yeah so i and and she had this pseudonym like her pen name and it's revealed that it was her this whole time who was writing these poems because they're interspersed in the book yeah i know in a way it it is kind of like you can yeah like you can find the cliches and she's like yeah she's like awesome at everything against all odds she had a horrible upbringing but then she be overcomes everything and becomes a rock star and she's super hot and her boyfriends are super hot and like yeah she's like great and at the end everything works out you know like she turns the shack into like a penthouse and like everything's (laughs) awesome i mean she was a murderer so that was one fault of hers well depends on how you look at that if you murder a rapist, are you really a bad yeah, person? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to cry over his death. He's obviously horrible, subhuman trash. But to take it into your own hands like that? Yeah. yeah. I'm, not, I'm not seriously arguing. No, but like, I, know, yeah, I, let's, well, I, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like rape is like the worst of crimes. Enough to like, I, I don't believe in, in capital pen- in punishment. No, but, but I wouldn't cry if a rapist died. No. Well, yeah, it's the sort of thing. It's like I, I thought about um, when it was revealed, trying to make sense of the whole thing, that she had actually like murdered him, or like you said, I, I didn't feel that it was quote unquote heavily implied. I thought it was a reveal, right? That like she, uh, yeah, had, she had it killed. Was. It was because like, she has she had mean, the necklace. Like, like, who I mean, who I else would have it? There could, you know, there could be other explanations for how she. Maybe she came across the body but none lying that, there and she took the Yeah, necklace, but none you know? that would make sense. Like she was like in, in the different city. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, like, all I needed was by that is it's not the author didn't come out and say she's a murderer. You know, it wasn't written there on the page, but it, obviously that's what was implied. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel you. Yeah. But in, in trying to make sense out of what was revealed to me in these last pages, I kind of thought about like, and I'm now thinking about it because you're you're mentioning, you know, like, she's a murderer. And I'm like, are you really a murderer if you kill a rapist? Eh, not really. But, like, it is murder or, like, it, it is homicide, essentially. You've killed a person that is murder. But, like, sort of, like, how there's, like, th- those laws that, like, will protect you. Not everywhere, but, like, there's many places. And there is a sensible law, I think, that, like, if you uh, are, for instance, a parent and somebody hurts your child in a horrible way, like they kill them or they rape them or they maim them or something, and you go and kill that person, 
they won't press charges against you. Mm-hmm. I think there are laws that will protect you in some places. Yeah. And this is, you know, very broad, uh, broad strokes type of thing. Yeah. But... All right. We have to take a quick break here to thank our sponsors. I'm just kidding. We don't have any sponsors. I just want to let you guys know that we're really thankful that you are listening to the show and we want to let you know that our computer crashed and the rest of the episode is in slightly lesser quality. So sorry about that. Now, back to the show. I mean, I'm not defending Chase. Like, again, I'm not crying over his death. I think he deserved what he got. But it just seemed... She seemed incapable of doing that because she's this gentle creature, so connected with the natural world. Yeah, the argument beyond like whether he should have or whether if she should. She was justified. Like, absolutely. I don't yeah. know if that's controversial to say, but I think she was justified. You know, the yeah. guy essentially tried to rape her, so yeah. I think everyone would want to kill the person after that. But for sure. But yeah, I don't think she. I, I wouldn't have imagined that she had that ability to push him off of that fire tower. And what's more is the entire reveal of it. It was just kind of like, okay, so the entire case the prosecution made of her going to a different city, getting a disguise, coming back to Barclay Cove, killing the dude, and then going back to the other city, and then coming back. It was just like, okay, this is like ridiculous. It's kind of crazy. Like, how would she have come up with this whole scheme to do this? Yeah. So that, that part was definitely like a, a weak point that I think that should not have been. It wasn't but, necessary. Uh, it should have just been left as an as an open, unsolved. Or it should have been solved a different way. It just I guess it, like she planned it in, in such a way that like you know because it would have made sense if it was painted differently. That she was you know like innocent in our eyes as the reader. She was incapable of doing so. Like you said, by virtue of everything that we've known of her so far. And then we get into this argument of the horrible thing that she has undergone, aside from all the other horrible things that have happened in her life, would that push a person to the limit? Because, I mean, you, even if she didn't have uh, all these other horrible things behind her to, like, quote-unquote, push her over the edge, if any person ha- undergoes that, you know, like a, a, an attempted rape and an attack, by someone that is obviously dangerous and they're lurking about and whatever, do you think that you can kind of like make the argument that that a person would be pushed over the edge just by that? I think so. I think it could, it could be. The problem is that like the, the novel didn't do that, right? The novel didn't go in that direction. The novel was painted as this completely different thing that was neat and fine and, and worked perfectly well and at the very end, it turned out that like the case, the opposition, the prosecution made was the truth. Yeah. This ridiculous story that like everybody's scoffing, kind of like, oh, whatever, like it can't be. It actually ends up being the truth, and it's so completely out of character. So I, yeah, that was the weakest point of the novel. Yeah, say. it did make me feel weird about the book at the end. It again, it didn't ruin it. I still really liked it, and I still like her character. Because, yeah, again, she didn't just kill out of pure pleasure or she's... Yeah, she... I mean, obviously, there's a very good reason for what she did in her eyes, and I guess in everyone's eyes, probably. But, yeah, to have this whole 
thing planned and she premeditated this whole thing, I assume. It wasn't just like a crime of opportunity. It seems like she really planned out to, to get this guy. So yeah, it did seem not like her that we've known throughout the book up until that point. Yeah. And it, yeah, it did kind of take away from it because the entire book I was kind of like in love with the characters and I really like enjoyed the whole journey that they went through. Despite the fact that like a lot of it was horrible, right? And the, the, in the very beginning when she was a little kid, like it, I was rooting for her the entire time yeah. and like I wanted her to go on and then she goes on to like become this idyllic, almost ethereal person that like, you know, she lives in nature more than any of us ever do, mm-hmm. right? She lives there, she lives with it, she lives in it. And a cozy house, like it's a sh- it starts off as a pretty Shithole. shitty shack, but then she upgrades it and gets repairs and stuff, so... It sounds like a pretty cozy place at the end of it. And... Yeah, so it works out for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I really thought, well, there's that point where, like, you know, but I, the, the novel does make you think that it, it is going to be Tate because yeah. she gets acquitted, she goes home, everything's good, and then she is kind of hoping to get uh, back with Tate after all this, like, back, back and, and forth. forth. Romance. And uh, you see that. He gets arrested. Oh, well, like, it looks like he's about to get arrested, right? It looks like he did get arrested, yeah. yeah. The well, sheriff they, comes yeah. up. Yeah, well, they didn't put, like, a handcuff no, on him, but, but like, yeah. He's all, his head's down, and he's... And then that was a bait and switch, so, like, it turns yeah. out that his dad is dead, and yeah, that's, that's what they're bringing him in. So I thought it was, like, that's absolutely it. They're, yeah, they're pinning made... it on him, and he's, like, the next, like, suspect. Or it would have made sense that he's actually the one who did it, because... Kaya didn't come out and tell him what happened, but I think I, I think he sensed what happened. Yeah, he may. I don't think he would have. Like, yeah, the story would have had to be worked or reworked, I should say, around that to like to make it so. Yeah. I think that would there would have if it was just as is, and then it's revealed that it was Tate at the end who yeah. done it. Then there would be inconsistencies. Yeah. So it would have to be reworked. But like, obviously, she didn't plan to do that because that's not what like you know she aimed to. Yeah. Do even though until the very end I was kind of like okay, so who did this? It's gonna be left open. Oh shit, Kaya did it. Cool. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. And I guess the way we're talking about this pretty in depth because it is like a pretty shocking reveal. But it, that's I wouldn't say that was the point of the story. Like it wasn't. I wouldn't call it a murder mystery novel or anything. No, it was no. just a, a plot point and a pretty important one. I mean, if if it were to be classified, it's largely uh, just by just just by well, that's like I said, that's like part one. Yeah. And then part two is it's largely this like it has like elements of a police procedural, and then it has the murder mystery, all all in one. But yeah, thematically, I think that it it really really revolves around the idea of uh, abandonment and loneliness, fighting to survive Mm -hmm. and fighting to survive the abandonment. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it is mentioned like more than one, like straight out of like Kaya's mouth, you know, like when she tells Tate after he comes back and tries to apologize and she tells him like, no man, like I've been abandoned by everybody in my life and you were like the love of my life, even though we were kids and we were together and like then you went off to college and you didn't even break up with me just left you essentially abandoned just like everybody else mm-hmm. and I'm, fuck, I was so pissed reading that 
not so much that part because that becomes a bit more evident later like it is fleshed out later the fact that Tate leaves and goes to university and like why he didn't come back yeah. like, that's that's like a few chapters after the thing that happens is that like fairly quickly in the book because the, the book moves fairly fast in in that like she's with Tate and has a beautiful relationship he leaves and then she's left heartbroken and in a few pages later she's like falling in love with this fucking douchebag yeah and I was like no please don't fall for this shit. And the guy with a picnic and his flashy thing. And he plays the, the harmonica. And, and uh, he wasn't bad to her or anything. I mean, except for the cheating part. Like, he was off in town, like, getting engaged to this other woman and all this stuff. But from her perspective, I guess, before well, you she think, found yeah, that out. That's the key. It wasn't like a horror. Like, he wasn't... No, no, no. I think that what you you just said is the key. It's from her perspective yeah. that, like, we get to see this sort of thing, right? Like, yeah. And, and there we, we have a break where, where the omniscient narrator doesn't tell us because I guess that is sort of a secret reveal. We're seeing it from, like, uh, Kaya's perspective and that, yeah, like, the guy isn't terrible we see that he's kind of douchey he's but not like, genuine like he just like, wants to exactly sleep with her but essentially that's it though like it is all a ruse the whole thing is just one big plot to like get to sleep with her and you get snippets of it later on but it's much later on really that like you actually get to hear it out of like his mouth that you know, he's, like, telling his body or something, like, oh, yeah, she's, like, a she-fox, and she's, like, <laughs> wild as the, the marsh itself or some shit, yeah. like, right? And it's, like, but I guess, he's yeah. just, like, bragging, right? Well, he's literally dating Pearl and, like, getting ready to marry her later on and, like, whatever. He's just, like, dating other people and doing whatever. He's just, like... He's a horrible one... guy, but I guess I, well, my point was just that he... Directly to her, he, he wasn't, wasn't, like, like abusive or, or overly in the horrible. Beginning. Yeah. 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 So yeah, like, it got a little caricature-esque, a bit of a cartoony later on when like he was unveiling his true colors, right? Mm-hmm. The fact that like he, when she breaks up with him, she just stops. Like, well, she runs into him and Pearl in town, and she sees the whole thing. And I think by that point, Tate had already told her that this guy was no good, and then he's like going around town with like some blonde girl, and then like he just kind of like switches, right? Like he goes from being like kind but only to an extent and yeah like somewhat loving and he was like telling her he was like lying to her the entire time we're gonna get married and like you're gonna be with your husband the entire time she was like when am, when am i gonna meet your friends ah uh, you don't want to meet them they're douchebags and like when am i when are you gonna take me to town you don't want to go there it's full of douchebags yeah and are we going to the dance no it's full of douchebags what are you, gonna do? you so, don't, like, don't want to do that you're beautiful and you're perfect and we you don't want to do this and like and he's just lying to her face yeah like there's lots of warning signs but obviously she doesn't really have much experience with people in general, so... Yeah, but, like, yeah, what I'm getting at is that, like, he was a bit, like, uh, he was definitely, he was a shallow person, but he was a shallow character, right? Like, he had, like, his intentions and his way to get them, to get to his goals and whatnot, but, yeah, it was sort of, like, he was uh, a jock and a douchebag, and that was that, and then it turned, he turns into a rapist type of thing. It was like pretty quick. It just like, he's like sneaking up on Kaya. He attacks her, punches her in the face, tries to rape her. Yeah. And thankfully she like beats his ass and gets away. Yeah, it was very strange because it's not like 
it's not like she broke up with him and he was like still in love with her and he wanted her so bad that he couldn't control his own or whatever. Like this guy chose to marry some other woman. Oh, he's just using her for sex. Like, yeah, so it's like just... it just felt weird that I mean, obviously, <laughs> anyone doing what he did to her, no matter what their motives were, is incomprehensible. But yeah, he just felt like the stereotypical bad, scary dude. Yeah, in in a way, you could say that's a cliche, right? Yeah, the fact that like he he turned really evil. You know what it reminded me, and. Dear readers, dear listeners, you're about to get a, a snippet of our private lives. We did something really naughty. We did something bad, sweetie. What? We watched the Fifty Shades of Grey movie. Don't reveal that. <laughs> so we watched this movie, and so got, like dude, we lost. Okay, no. caveat: we watched it for comedic value, hey, not because we stop, actually wanted. Stop trying to like. Don't ease them into it. But it's true. No, we loved it. <laughs> We love those movies. Don't fucking lie to them. Okay. I've told this to other people. Those movies were such a good fucking time. We laughed. Oh, my God. They're so bad. Okay. Why, why I'm saying this is because at the end of one of the movies, I don't, I don't know which one. doesn't really Are there matter. Three? I don't know. Uh, at the end of one of those movies, the very end scene is the everybody's happy and they're having a party. And then... The camera pans across this river or lake or whatever. And there's this dude who at the beginning of that movie had been like her boss. And he was nice and he was kind and he's handsome. He's sweet and he's clean. And then it pans to him and he's like standing next to a motorcycle. Fuming. He's got like, yeah, he's like smoking a cigarette and he's looking and he's greasy. He hasn't showered. Like his life has gone down the drain. He just looks like evil. He's like, he's like a fucking Marvel villain. You know? yeah. like he just looks evil and he's looking at them. And that's like the menacing ending to that movie. It was <laughs> fucking hilarious. But it that's kind of the, the switch, chase. right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. In a way, that's chase. Like he just, he turns into like the villain. Yeah, like the like mustache twirling villain. Yeah, exactly. He's like, ready to like kill and murder and rape yeah and yeah he just sneaks up on her like a wild animal yeah so that was a bit a bit much i guess yeah Uh, but yeah i don't want it to come across like we're nitpicking like that we didn't enjoy this book because we both really did the book definitely has its its ups and downs quality speak but all in all, I thought it was great. I enjoyed it. And like I said at the beginning, one of my favorite parts of it was just the, the environment that she lived in. and I was just imagining this quaint life, living in a marsh and being around all these cute animals. And it just seemed really nice, the way she lived. Yeah. Again, minus the whole the hardship being a 10-year-old living by herself part. Yeah, for sure. But once she was old enough that she was smarter and more capable of doing things, it just... Yeah, it's just the the natural environment and the, all the descriptions of that really stuck with me. Was, yeah, nice. And obviously, that is largely the author herself, right? Like she is a naturalist, she is a, a zoologist. She spent, uh, I think, I think she said twenty three years in Africa. She's written books about it, and that very much came across in Kaya. And like Kaya becomes a biologist, a zoologist, very much so, without formal training, but like mm-hmm. she is an artist, she's a painter, she's everything. She's, she's a she's a poet, she's a painter, she is a naturalist, she is awesome. 
Yeah. And she can ride that boat like it's nobody's business. Oh, yeah. She knows how to ride those currents. Yeah, she, she can use the currents to, like, cut 20 minutes into two minutes or something like that to go murder <laughs> the dude and jet back. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, I, I, I did enjoy that part. I thought the descriptions of nature, the flora, the fauna, the marsh, mm-hmm. were beautiful in the way that she, Kaya, experiences it all. Like when uh, Chase takes her to the city and she gets to see the uh, Appalachian Mountains in the drive during the drive up there, everything that was it was beautiful. The whole thing was was really nice to like get her get her perspective and like seeing everything for the first time and experiencing things through her eyes because she was obviously very adept but still a child. I mean, most of the book happens before she's twenty three or something like that, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it was a great read. I mean, yeah, it, I like like I said, every time I put the book down, I wanted to. I can't wait till the next time that I pick it up again and read. It definitely had that quality. Yeah, yeah. yeah so definitely had that. I, th- there's books that I've loved, and I kind of had to like hold it and be like, okay, we're gonna read. Mm-hmm. And you know, like this one was like I was looking forward to like my breaks and my commute and just to read and mm-hmm. get through it and yeah in my in my my e-reader it was like 900 pages but it you like zip through it yeah like, it just felt like nothing me. i was like oh shit i read 300 pages today wow yeah and i usually don't right like i usually i might read like a, a cumulative total of an hour a day an hour and a half at most right like when i get up early and i read like for 20 30 minutes in the morning mm-hmm. but yeah this one i did want to read so like <laughs> I, yeah, it's it sounded like we spent a fair amount of time like nitpicking it, but I think it, it is definitely an A. Yeah, book. I would have yeah, I would give it a nine out of ten. Oh yeah, it's not perfect by any means, but it's a really cute story. It explores some nice ideas, and yeah, Kaya's character is obviously the the strongest character and the most fleshed out character. Yeah, like her as as a as the protagonist. She was really well fleshed out, and her struggles were very real. They felt very real, even though they were like, you know, she's like comically poor in the beginning, and yeah, just and she ends comically like, like horrible circumstances. Everyone leaves her. Yeah, it, everything's terrible mm-hmm. all the time. Beautiful environment, but everything's terrible. Life really, really sucked for her. Yeah, but yeah, she was as as a protagonist, she was really well fleshed out and. The setting was stunning. Yeah. It was very, it's kind of crazy sometimes that like you read a book and you feel like you watched a documentary or a movie or you have been staring at a beautiful set of paintings or something. Oh, 100%. Like in my mind right now, I am imagining her shack everywhere, Jumpin's little. Yeah, like her lagoon with yeah. the hair on. Uh, everything's like clear it's in my mind. It's so clear mind. in my mind. And exactly. it just is such a beautiful, like I want to go visit that place. Oh, we forgot to talk about the most important part of the book. Sunday Justice? Sunday Justice. <laughs> oh, the little courthouse kitty. Oh, that was so awesome. On that happy note, mm-hmm. we're glad that you read this book. And if you haven't read it, well, we spoiled it again. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that was a great one. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Thanks for listening. If you have any feedback or if you have any recommendations, you can write us an email to apartmentlibrarypodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm.